Welcome to Chromecast. Tech it out. Hosted by service-centric, people-first, UK technology consultancy, Chrome Technologies. Welcome to Chromecast. Tech it out. I'm Sam Major, Commercial Director for Chrome Technologies. I'm joined today by Simon Ringo, Technical Consultant. It's so nice to be in a building and see someone face-to-face again, Sam. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. No problem. So we're here to talk about um, managing modern desktop environment using tools such as Microsoft Intune, although I've just learned to change the name to make it even more confusing. So it's Endpoint Manager now under yeah, that umbrella? Microsoft Endpoint Manager, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, and we're obviously talking about the comparison of using that to manage, I guess, evolving modern environments compared to, I guess, what I'm more experienced in is kind of SCCM and that mm-hmm. what was now legacy, really. And I guess the differences and advantages, where we should be using it, where we shouldn't be using it, and, and the overall difference in how we, we use it to us, automate, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so... I think one of the most common words you'll hear buzzing around is autopilot. Mm. So that is effectively a bolt-on to Intune, and Intune is the old name for Microsoft Endpoint Manager. So it's most prevalent, it's most useful if you think about the old-school method of how we used to deploy a desktop image. Typically, you would have a a technician, he would go away, he'd wipe the machine clean, he'd download all the drivers for the device, He'd install Windows, he'd still installed applications, he'd create what was then known as a gold build. Uh, that's kind of where I, going back to where I start with this image, and literally, yeah, remember, uh, gold images on a USB yep. stick or, or, or external drive, and kind of starting from there. Very odd days using things like Ghost and whatnot to drag those across networks. Yeah, so Ghost had its problems along with some of the other cloning sure. technologies around those days, and it, it, it's quite an antiquated approach, and then if you had different requirements for different departments within your organisation. You then had to create a gold build for finance, you had to grow a gold build for IT, a gold build for legal and so on and so forth. We had eight different gold builds for a customer at once we had to manage. So So, QSCCM, they introduced the task sequence, the concept of wiping a machine, installing an operating system, loading the drivers and then installing a um, specific set of applications for a department. The fundamental issue with a gold build was is that you had one build and it was fixed in its state. Yeah. When SCCM introduced the task sequence, you were allowed able to adapt the build according to which department you were targeting for, mm-hmm. which made the, the whole process much more flexible and you could make fluid changes. And if, you're, if for instance, there was a security outbreak, yeah. you could update your application and the very next build that's created would be available. You wouldn't have to go through the whole process of redeveloping your build. Yeah. Okay, Q, Intune. Yeah. So your, your, your desktop technicians will go, they'll, they'll specialize in, in desktop. They'll, they'll, put, they'll find all the drivers for your build. They'll put your desired set of applications on there. That, that's, what, that's their focus. That's what they do. With it, if you've got an SCCM, you've also got an, a SQL server to manage. That's true, yeah. SCCM infrastructure. You've got to pay for that initial hardware and you've got to maintain it. One thing I know about SCCM is quite an unwieldy thing to manage. Obviously, quite an investment in the actual hardware. You mentioned things like SQL and whatnot. It's quite a lot to actually manage just to do... It's not quite simple things, but you know, to get your your applications out there, to get your uh, updates and whatnot, it, it's a fair investment and it's fair overhead. Yes. Yeah, so your your deployment engineer, your your SCCM specialist, for want of a title for that person, not only have they got to be a desktop specialist, they've also got to be an infrastructure specialist, yeah. and so splitting their discipline in in two areas can 
can consume time and it, it slows the whole process down. Or you've got to put more resource in. You've got to have someone actually dedicated to doing that. Someone just dedicated to doing that, and obviously your cost of your total cost of investment increases exponentially. Yeah, and invariably there's clock crossover between the two disciplines, and, and so therefore you've got to have a tightly lit, knit team that working together to to achieve your end mm. goal. So, Q Intune. So, what what's so great about Intune? What why why are we here talking about it? What essentially what that's done that in simple terms that's taken SCCM and put it in the cloud. Mm-hmm. So you've you're able to deploy a build with no infrastructure. Simply, you, you power it up. You can go through the manufacturer's OEM setup. At that point, you, it will ask you, do you want to sign in with your work credentials? As you sign in with your work credentials, it goes off to Microsoft. It recognizes who you are. Mm-hmm. Then it begins to de- deploy a profile and then the necessary applications. And then given half an hour, 45 minutes, after several reboots, you've got a working device ready for business. Interesting. So, I mean, especially for us, we obviously manage. Historically, we've used a lot of SCCM. We have distribution points down in our build rooms and whatnot where we're connected to client sites where we're still using uh, SCCM. They will ultimately, no doubt, evolve to using Intune. Actually, we talked before about, um, you referenced one of our previous podcasts where Rupert and I talked about kind of the evolution of everything as a service. We talked about certain things like 365 whilst there are people that potentially wouldn't use 365, the majority of people do, and it makes sense, right? Yeah. I think this is where, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a conversation we've had. I just see there's no real reason that you'd want to keep all that legacy infrastructure on site to manage that all yourselves when you could easily adopt this in the cloud. And then, as you just alluded to there, the whole build process is far simpler and easier in this kind of new iteration than previous. It's a big step on. Yeah, I, I, I almost look at it from a selfish point of view. Why would I want to worry about supporting all that infrastructure when I really want to focus on creating a, a slick, automated build yeah. that's going to improve the user's experience no end? However, Intune isn't the, answer, isn't the answer to everything. There may be some applications that won't work from the cloud, or there may be some security reasons that you would still want to run some on-premise. So in that case, guess what? You can use Intune to deploy VPN, and then you get access to your on, on, on-site infrastructure. Okay. So I guess if you put that into, uh, I guess, some context, for someone like us, and you know, because the audience right now, but you and I have worked together an awfully long time. We've done some very big desktop estate projects, and thinking back to some of those, you know we've had literally thousands of, of boxes through the door and we've had to use an SCM, uh, SCCM sorry, image an awful lot of machines, but that's time on the deck here, engineering in front of it, making it all happen, reboxing it, and then a, an engineer taking it out and doing that white glove, the Rolls-Royce service to desk. And obviously, fundamentally, that changes with how we do it uh, as, as a service provider. Uh, and there's little nuances we need to understand, as we've learned from the past, the kind of hash codes on the outside of the box makes life a lot easier. So remember that one. Yeah, so, so hash codes, that, that's when you take a unique identity from the machine, you register that within Azure, then as the device powers up, the uh, Microsoft knows that it belongs to a particular company, and then it will da- download the relevant software. There's, there's kind of two ways of approaching that. Uh, there's a, a magic five presses of the window key, and that will then go into what, what is autopilot, which I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And so then, with, with no particular identity, it will down, download your core set of applications, your base build. <clears throat> then that's ready for use. That You can then ship that to the end user. The end user can then sign in with their credentials. As they sign in, it will be uh, authenticated via Azure SSO and MFA. Mm-hmm. When they're signed in, then if they, they've got any 
specific line of business applications, they will then come down on top. You'll well, that then just think we talked touched on on-prem. So if they've got a bunch of stuff we can do with Intune, I'm going to go back to Intune and Autopilot because I always kind of bundle those two together. They do different things good to differentiate. But so we 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 use the hash code. We download kind of the, the I guess call it a basic setup for the code right. putting it. It ships to you at your desk. You log in as Simon Ringrow. It knows you're part of Chrome's Azure tenant and whatnot. I'm assuming then it goes to some of the on-prem apps and it does the final overlay to get your build. Not not specifically on-prem. So typically I, I have administrator access to an environment. So uh, base build may go out, let's say, with Windows, patching, uh, Adobe Acrobat, mm-hmm. uh, Microsoft Office, uh, basic office automation tools. Then as I log in, it will recognize who I am. I, I'll be a member of specific groups. Then it will allocate those uh the applications associated with the groups to myself and that they'll down- download in time. Some will download automatically, some will be available for me to install at my leisure depending on how the uh, application's been mm-hmm. configured. And you just said you're an admin, right? So let's say I- I'm not, clearly, best to keep me off everything. So if it arrives on my desk and there's apps I don't have, how do I get them to my desktop or my laptop? Sorry. So <clears throat> with the, the app provisioning within Intune is very much similar to SCCM and the way most organizations will do it. They'll package an application, they'll import into their deployment tool, they'll associate a most likely an Azure group to them. Um, Azure also has dynamic groups. So if your uh, profile sits, uh, fits certain criteria, perhaps if you're a member of finance or, or you live in a certain area, you will be added automatically to a specific group. Uh, then that group will then be associated with an application and that application will be deployed to you. That can be done one of two day- ways. It can be made as a required application, which means it will just auto-magically come down. Mm-hmm. Don't have to worry about that. Or if it's something perhaps you're not likely to use that often or if you use a number of machines and yeah. you only want it on one specific means. For instance, I know yourself, Sam, you have a desktop here and you have a laptop at home. So you, you, you may only want the app in the office, yeah. then you, you can just go into the software mail and then select and actually, it you just talked about that, we can control. So let's say it's not me, but someone else, and we want them to have access to X in the office, but not Y on the laptop at home, we can control all that as well, right? So they only have location-specific access as well. Yeah, we, we, we can do that by dynamic, by dynamic groups, or we can do it by provisional, sorry, conditional access. There are a the number of methods. The Essentially, Intune, it's SQL backend, so Mm -hmm. there's a whole load of queries that we can create to target applications to users based on set criteria. We also as well have exclusions, so if if you're a a member of finance, uh, but you're only a a junior junior member Mm -hmm. perhaps, then you you won't get this application. You know, if... um, I'm trying to think of another scenario for that. I'm just stuck for the moment. But I, no, right. I, I, understand, I understand the kind of concept. There's a lot of control. Uh, and what actually struck me, you and I talked about this, you know, there is a direct comparison, obviously, between this is an evolution of SCCM. There's a lot of stuff, obviously, we could do there. The, the thing that struck me of SCCM was it seemed to be, for the most part, reserve of the bigger companies. Because that made sense to make that investment. They had a lot of desktops. There's a lot of overhead. For smaller companies, you kind of sucked it up that, Refresh and what that would be a painful process, but it didn't warrant the investment in in SCCM. So exactly. you seem to see it in, in the large enterprises, right? And there was always complaints that it was a bit, it was costly, it was unwieldy, it was a bit of a pain to set up and whatnot. No one seemed super happy with it. 
But from the conversation we had, you know, it seems to be with with uh, Intune or iPilot, and actually, I'd like to get into your iPilot bit as well in a minute. But Intune, yeah. certainly, it's no longer the reserve of large enterprise. This is fit for purpose for you know, your 10 user company to your 10,000 user company, everyone in between. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it doesn't come at a bargain basement cost. Mm. Let, let, let's be honest about it. But however, if you've got on, on-premise infrastructure, you, you, you've got to have an army of engineers to look after that, you know, depending on the size of your organization. Because Intune, Stroke Azure, takes that away from you, and it, it's all cloud-based, you haven't got to worry about patching the servers and, and maintaining all that hardware, which in turn means is that a smaller organization that has a smaller IT team they can still have large enterprise capability because yeah. it's all facilitated via the cloud. Yeah, I mean that's and that's a, I mean a clear benefit for the guys as they haven't been able to bite the bullet and make that investment or just haven't had the budget or or staffing you know to be able to do that. So it's clear benefits. Yeah, I, I think as well it's very well. You can, there's a few small niche companies out there that really do require an, an enterprise offering. Yeah, and but it, it just doesn't make sense for them to invest in all of the infrastructure and you know have a, a, a huge IT team as an overhead yeah. where and then that brings it to the brings that offering to the table for them yeah so going back as I said I would uh, I kind of have just in my brain bundled autopilot and in tune as almost one and the same thing and they're obviously very different things it'd be good for if anyone like me has made that mistake, if you could just tell us, well, this is Intune and this is Autopilot, and obviously where they actually work together. So, so fundamentally, uh, Intune is a software deployment mechanism, a method of, of patching your devices, a method of enforcing configuration and policies upon them. So that, I mean, for instance, you could lock down your, your web browser, you could... Uh, configure an application in a specific way so it finds the correct uh, servers that you're connecting to and so on and so forth. Um, and all of that is, is, is done within Intune. What in, in Autopilot brings to the party is it, it's the white glove part of the process. So when you want to provision a machine, it, it as I said, the, the magic five presses of the, the Windows key and that will then uh, initiate the device, it will go off to the internet the hash code of the device is registered in Azure, and it will then download the applications as if you had logged in, mm. but without logging in. So um, you can have a a device with, almost without an identity, but yep. with, with the correct configuration, and then when it goes to the end user. The, the, as opposed to that, you can pretty much repeat the same process, but you would have a few more setup steps to go through when you, you power the machine up the first time round. And then when you sign in, then it uses your user account to uh, identify that you belong to an organization. So on the one hand, it's a, the, the ha- autopilot and the hashing gives you a hardware-based authentication. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, when you sign in with your user ID and you prove who you are through your MFA, that's, it gives you a user authentication. But the end result is you get a, an automated installation of Windows and all your software. And just to, to go back on something I mentioned earlier about how typically in the past with the gold builds, a technician had to go away and find all of the relevant hardware and drivers for the device. Yeah. The, the approach with Intune and Autopilot is very much different. You actually don't wipe the machine. You take it from the vendor. Just for instance, say uh, with Dell devices, they'll, they'll come pre-installed with all of the, the, 
drivers mm-hmm. to run the machine optimally. We don't wipe the machine take limits off. We leave that in place, we boot the machine, then we sign in and we download the application design. Effectively, rather than creating a machine, we transform the machine. We, mm-hmm. we take it from an off-the-shelf off the de- device that could be targeted to either a consumer or commercial, and we turn it into a business machine. Interesting. I actually, actually wanted to cover because it was still not that clear in my mind. I'm used to you know, talking to customers around app packaging and all that sort of stuff. And the difference, I guess, in how, how we used to do it in the SCCM days and whatnot, and you and I know a fair bit about app packaging and the success or not success of some of those sort of <laughs> endeavours. Um, how is that different? Is it different in Intune or is your app packaging, it's just still, it's, we can't change that or how does that, how's that evolved? So fundamentally, your approach to app application packaging hasn't changed. It, you, you're, uh, Microsoft has made available, for instance, Microsoft Office, that's available via the web and you can provision that. And there are various applications available in the Microsoft Store. You can make those available through Intune. But when it comes down to your line of business applications, you, you go back to your core basic packaging skills. So you're going to, if, if, for instance, we've, we've recently uh, heard about Windows 11, so that, that's coming soon. And so the, the appropriate way to approach that would be you'd go through your testing and validation process, make sure your application works on the US. You'd put that into a packaging team. They would <coughs> package the app, configure it, customize it uh, for, for the target environment. When it's done then, the change then is that you use a, an Intune tool to put the, if you like, wrap the application into what is effectively a zip file. Mm-hmm. You then upload that file to Intune. And then it's it's almost like for like with uh, SCCM configuration manager, Microsoft Endpoint Manager, the many brands Microsoft yeah. has given it, in that you'll be able to set the command line options for the application you want to install. You can set criteria that it must only install on uh, 64-bit Windows. Yeah. It must only install on a specific version of Windows. Um, and you can set criteria both for and against it. And by by that, what I mean is that, you, that a, a specific device must meet this criteria, but it also must not meet the, a second set of criteria. And again, as, as I alluded to earlier, you can assign that application to groups and you can have groups that are included that will be in it. But if, if there's a crossover of groups, if someone is a member of two groups, then they, you can also exclude it. Typically, I use this whereby uh, an application might be available to a production environment, mm-hmm. and then I'm introducing a new version of that application. So then the new version, I'll exclude the production users from that, and then I'll just add the pre-production or UAT tests to that. And so the, it beca- becomes into, you can put effectively put a test application into a live environment in the confidence that it's only going to hit that your target users, the people who are going to test it. Not ruin everyone's lives. Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, someone that is um, hands-on with it, I guess, in kind of, to, to wrap up almost, but I want to get this part out of you. Um, you've used both. You're very experienced in, in the SCCM world and, and prior, um, and you're obviously very versed in, in Intune now. I guess, what's the, the, the top things, your top salient points that, you know, this is why it's better? I, I, I'm glad you asked me that question because first I'd like to say I was very much a sceptic first. I, I, having traversed through the gold build process through SCCM and using another third-party tool to create a build, going into the cloud, you know, is it really going to work? Do, do, do we really just want to 
take a machine off the shelf and you know have have the faith in it that we can deploy it to that. Um, but I, I, I'm I'm very much a convert now. Um, the, the big takeaways for me is that um, one is it it's the time and effort that goes into as, as I said earlier acquiring all of those drivers and, and creating a new build. The, the lack of investment in infrastructure. I, I, I'm aware that for some of your clients, you've put in a point-to-point VPN for, so that they, they can have a, an SCCM deployment yeah. server on-site and connect to their domain. You, d- you don't have to worry about it. All you need is an internet connection. So pretty much you can do it anywhere on the planet. That said, there are some organizations that it might not be so suitable for. Um, I, we, I did some work for a construction company, and one day I was in a, a plush office in the center of London, uh, connectivity, 100 gigabit LAN and so on. And then the next day I, I was in a port cabin, you know, working off a, a, like a, a satellite piece of string. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it was very much different experience. And just, just jumping back to a previous point, we, we spoke about autopilot and engine. Mm-hmm. So autopilot lends itself to those porter cabin scenarios. We'll prep the device and get it all up to date, then ship it working. If we go into the office, then we can potentially pass the, the device to the user and let them go uh, just simply sign into the device and let it, re, you know, re, let, let it provision yeah. in their presence. Because time time and well not necessarily time but bandwidth isn't an issue yeah okay so i guess my point from taking that is it's really the it's become simpler it's become easy to use microsoft's done us a favor and popped in the cloud to save us expense of kind of on-site investment and management uh and it just yeah as we've seen obviously we, we, we've been using this and you've been using it for our customers as well it, it is simple and, and the naysayers before i don't trust it, it's in the cloud clearly have become converts or even evangelists yeah absolutely yeah i mean you say simple, not all so simple. It's a constantly evolving product, and you know Microsoft. Every couple of months, there there's a new new flavor for it. Um, something uh, an error I particularly worked on was taking all of the legacy group policies. You know, you can import those policies into Intune. What Intune Microsoft are now doing is they're making those policies natively available within Intune, so you don't have to go through the process of importing your old style policies in. As it's constantly evolving, constantly moving forwards, and you know, in my opinion, it's a very good investment. Brilliant. Thanks, Tom. Great. And thank you for joining us on this edition of Chromecast. Take it out. Please remember to like, subscribe, comment and share. If there's anything bugs to cover in future episodes, do leave that in the comments below. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. For more information or to speak to Chrome, visit www.chrome.co.uk. Spelled K-R-O-M-E. That's chrome.co.uk.